This is the Power Breakfast Show podcast series. Podcast series. Remember, like, share, and subscribe. Power 102 Digital. Up to date and credible. Power 102 Digital. Yeah. What's going on? What's going on? What's going on? What's going on? Yeah. Yeah. What's going on? What's going on? What's going on? All right, thank you so much to the wonderful folks at Bermuda's because of tricks your vital supply for Parina. Seven o'clock, major news, all right? Thank you so much. Cricks your vital supply. Cricks in your office, in your car, in your home. Anywhere, all right? Make sure and pick yours up today. All right, gentlemen, let's get into the results of our morning poll. Our guest is already online, and I'll bring him in. Um, let me introduce my guest first. Uh, let's say good morning to you, Mr. Jack Warner. How are you? Not too bad, Steve. I'm all right. Fantastic. And welcome to Power Breakfast Show. Um, Rich, let's get the results of our morning poll. So our poll this morning, do you think the government should invest in a new prison and condemn Port of Spain and Golden Grove prison facilities? We had 24 people voting in the allotted time of the 24. 20 of you said yes. They should build a new facility for said no. And of course, this poll can continue, will continue throughout the day mm-hmm. through all programming. And you can, we'll give you the final results tomorrow morning. Turn your camera, right. sir, please. Morning, Mr. Warner. Morning, good morning. How are you, sir? I'm still alive and kicking. Amen. Great. You were a Minister of National Security. What say you? Uh, what is the issue with successive governments and dealing with those? Port of Spain and, and Golden Grove in particular because of the dilapidated conditions? Well, it, when I was Minister of National Security, if we check the accords, you'll see that I advocated for us to close the prison in Frederick Street in Port of Spain, which has been there for over 100 years. I, I mean, it is in prime property, and it is, in my humble view, it will live its usefulness. And my feeling was we should invest money to make Golden Grove more secure and also as well consider closing down Carrera and let it, let it become a tourist resort as it were. Is it, is it difficult for a government to make that, that kind of decision? And we were, we were discussing earlier on, I mean, the, the public generally has a sentiment of why spend $400 million on a prison when people have no water, bad roads. Is it, is it a political politically expedient decision or is that the kind of contemplation in the cabinet? Well, I, I don't know what this cabinet contemplates, on, so I really can't say, but I know in my time, we were saying that to spend that kind of money, it doesn't make sense. In fact, many of the prisoners themselves are able to help in the construction and the fixing of a new prison. You have men there who are highly skilled, who are, who are carpenters, masons, and so on, and therefore instead of having them lie down in, in, in a prison all day, let them build their own prison that we can use and save some, some currency, some money as a consequence. 
Well, they, they weren't all sentenced with hard labor, so they may resist even being forced or, or encouraged to, to participate in building a prison. The, the state thinks to me that the Port of Spain prison, I think several different administrations have agreed that Port of Spain has outlived its, its usefulness, that, particularly correct, a prison in the correct. center of your capital is an issue. That is correct. I, I mean, I don't know what more to do, but I mean, I was relieved of my, of my office at the time I, I made a proposal, but I, I, it is still relevant today. That prison in Puerto Spain should not be there. It, it should, I mean, it has its usefulness. It is occupying prime space. It is causing endless traffic jam, as the case may be. And in any event, at, at this point in time, I don't think that the prison in Puerto Spain is serving the purpose for which it was intended. Yeah. Well, it's part of our archaic facilities. Um, I mean, both Golden Grove and Puerto Spain, I would want to believe, have outlived their purposes. Um, because of the the uh, capacity that is and that is overwhelmed currently, because they won't build for the numbers that they currently house. But we have so much land, and so much county land we have. I mean, the lands are being stolen right now by members of cabinet, by permanent secretaries, and so on. Why don't we use some of the land we have from county in central and build an up-to-date and modern facility? What is wrong with that? I I can't understand. And I'm saying again, I mean, I know you all disagree, but the prisoners, whether they're there for hard labor or not, the prisoners can help in the construction of the facility. I, I don't want you to call on the Pauline trouble, but you just slip in something there that kind of confused yeah, me. Yeah, that me concerned. Don't call your name, please, because the lawyers not going to retain it anymore. I, 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 but you just slip in something there that kind of confused me. Yes, about people. land and who owns land. And who and, land. And, and cabinet. Yeah. County lands are being stolen. I mean, Rambrat has, has made that very clear after one week of reading that, that in Sunshine today. County lands are being stolen left, right, and center before they steal all. Let us use some of, that, some of those lands to build an up-to-date prison. That's all I'm saying. So are you saying those county lands are being stolen by PSs and members of cabinet? I'm saying that, and I, and I, could, and I could swear on my children's life that is the case. And, and everybody knows that from top to bottom. Well, that, that's we a very serious allegation. Yeah, and we I, don't know it, but... Well, I don't know it for a fact, but if but the authorities have information, have, Mr. Rambarat certainly to... made some startling declarations. What do you think should happen with Mr. Rambarat's declarations? You see, Rambarat's um, problem was that he spoke the truth. And when you speak the truth in the government of which he was a member, it hurts. And therefore, I, 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 I empathize with him, and I feel quite, right, quite strongly he managed to go back to Canada and take care of his family and leave the politics alone. He is not meant for the kind of politics that we have today. Hmm. I don't leave that. I don't know where to go with that. I'm not getting well, in trouble. I, 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 <laughs> I, I, think, I think you're safe to do that. And not getting in trouble. What do you think of Dr. Rowley's reshuffling, his uh, reassignment of his attorney general, uh, etc.? I think that the, the assignment of Regina Amor is a good one, a good choice. I don't think anything else he has done in terms of reshuffling makes sense. But in terms of Mr. Amor, it does. And I, I, hope, I hope he doesn't flatter to deceive. That's all. Why do you say so? Why do you think? Why do you think, Mr. Mr. Amo, and I'm impl- and, and I'm presuming from your statement that you think Mr. Amo would make a better attorney general than his predecessor? Well, first of all, he has more experience. He has more more, more legal knowledge. I always feel Paul that an an AG 
should be a senior counsel. I don't think that an AG should be a member who has not tried cases in the court, who has not had a successful career, and no one can doubt that Ramis Gomez Maraj, John Jeremy, and these guys, and I hope that Mr. Amor follows in their footsteps, but all those guys were good ages because of their experience. I mean, with all, with all the, the best intention in the world and the best will in the world, I don't think that Mr. Faris Alwari cut it. And in any event, he had too many controversies, I mean, over his head that would have made him an ideal age in any case. What, what do you think of the other reassignments in Dr. Roddy's cabinet and where Dr. Roddy's government is presently. Yeah, but, but, particular, but, but particularly because he moved Faris al-Rawawi to the Ministry of Local Government, Rural and Local Government. So I suppose you could tackle that one. Why, why would you think that would have been a choice that um, the Prime Minister made? I have checked through the whole Commonwealth and I have not found any evidence where an AG has been demoted to a ministry as Mr. Alwari has been. And people can say what they want that is an emotion of the highest order. I, I, I don't think he has the time to fix local government. Local government needs more than a personality like Mr. Alwari. And, uh, and if you look clearly also, to, um, there's, a, there's, there's talk in, in the land that he has gone there to prepare for local government election and to do this and to do that and do the other. He will not succeed. Local government is not easy. And, it, and, and I'm saying again that he has no track record of success in any um, department that I am aware of. And what and of, the, what the, yeah, and what of the swapping of Camille to Ministry of Housing, Camille Robinson, Regis to the Minister, Ministry of Housing, and Penelope Beckles Robinson to the Ministry of Planning? Well, why do you think I that think, swap took place? I think in the first case, for two years, Ms. Beckles has not received any funding from the Minister of Finance, and she was put in housing to die a natural death. But the demands for housing have become so great that they had to do something about it, and they felt that Camille, being the grown person that she is, and by the way, she was my former student, if I may say so, being the grown person that she is, they'll be able to bring some kind of, 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 of work in that ministry. I don't know if now she shall get funding, but I know they starved Penny Beckles for funding for two years, and she could not even paint the house to build one. So if the policy changes, then Kami will succeed. If it does not, then heaven help her. Why are you, no, are you inferring? Are you inferring that the Minister of Finance particularly did not want to give funding to Penelope Beckles, or you think it's just a broader governmental issue? Paul, I'm not inferring. I'm saying that is the issue. He he denied her funding for two years, and 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 no minister could succeed, especially in housing, where he denied funding. In addition to that, also too, the prime minister made sure he put his right hand, right hand man, at the head of the of, of the of the of the um, housing board, so to speak, and therefore she was cabined and cribbed, and she couldn't do anything. I don't think that IEP. I don't think if the same thing obtains for Camille, Camille will succeed. But let us wait and see. Why do you think Dr. Raleigh made these changes now? Desperation. Dr. Rowley, I mean, everybody, and I mean, I don't know if you agree with me, but I say the majority of people will say and have agreed that Dr. Rowley is the worst prime minister this country has ever had. And daily, that, that is, has been reinforced in people's minds. All the problems he is facing now, he, he, he believes, I reshuffle, 
will help to gloss them over. That will not. Well, why are you saying? Why are you saying that the 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 prime minister is the worst prime minister? What's your what's what, 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 what's your reasoning? That, what's your reasoning for saying that? If I remember correctly, a couple a couple years ago, you were saying Mrs. Prasad Bissasse was the worst prime minister ever. So I I, I do understand. So Who is it? That doesn't change the price of cocoa um, um thing. If you have if you have if one follows the other, does it mean the price of cocoa has changed? All you guys have to do, you know, if I may be so bold to say, is to leave your ivory tower at that radio station and walk down the street. Take a walk down the street, down Frederick Street, go down Shogonas, go down Arima, walk through the eastern main road. You look and see for yourself. And if by chance you get any nine out of ten people disagree with me, then I will take back what I've just said. People here don't I... smile anymore. The country's angry. I mean, I mean, look and see. The amount of people who, who are who today are unemployed and who have no hope of getting a job. Look at young people. Young people today are, are, are living in droves to go away. Is that a, a, a happy country? If you guys feel so fine, I don't think so. But I have done my research and I'm doing it still. And nothing I have seen suggests to me otherwise. Uh, are you, but, but, but is it that you're saying that this is entirely Dr. Rowley's fault? Or is it the the cards he has been handed in terms of the COVID and the pandemic, etc.? Or are you thinking that a lot of it is his decision making? I believe a lot of his of it is his decision making. But my grandmother has always told me, grandson, cavari, carit, croco, whatever you call it, fish begins to rot from the head. And whatever happens, therefore, you have to look at the head. All I'm saying is, look at Dr. Rory's decisions. And one of the worst he has done is petrotrin. I don't care what people say. That was one of the worst decisions this country has ever had and will pay a dear price for it. I thought the question of the, rail, of the railway was one. I thought the question of Karani was one. But that petrotrin decision will haunt us for years to come. In what ways? Simply because we have, first of all, put 6,000 people on the breadline, more than half of whom have become unemployable. Secondly, also, we have closed down a refinery at a time when we could have turned it around the very same way we have heritage and so on. We could have turned it around and we could have made it succeed. We had to be, we should be able to, re to renegotiate the, the condominia of Malcolm Jones. We should have been able to put things on track and save the oil field because the oil field has been an investment in this country for close to 100 years. And all it means that we had to do is put people, not political appointees, you know, but put people who are knowledgeable in the oil industry to run it for us. At the end of the day, we pay a high price because we put political appointees on boards and so on who don't have a clue, many of whom never even run a parlor, a cafe, and we expect them to run multi-billion dollar enterprises. That is craziness. That is madness. Uh, Mr. Mr. Moore, the, 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 coming down to our ivory towers ever so often, I tend to walk the streets and talk to people. I don't always stay in the ivory towers. <laughs> and, you are the exception. Uh, <laughs> it's, it's interesting because the debate about who is or who is not the worst prime minister ever will be ongoing. But there have been... In the last year or two, let's say the pandemic, in addition to the last six months, there have been several national crises, the Venezuelan baby, the power fuel tragedy. How much of those issues, which the government has had to do damage control with extensively, 
do you think contributed to the decision to reshuffle at this time? If well, at people all. Are, people are saying that those things have contributed. And probably, and probably they have. Because they, have, they are coming so fast and furious that it would have been ideal to get some kind of distraction or some kind of help that would change people's minds and opinions of the, on these matters. Because people are saying that these things have impacted on, the, on, on, on Dr. Rory to the point where he was forced to call a reshuffle. I don't think that that is, is so, is so, is so um, much correct. I think that he has reached the end of the stage where things just weren't working. Look at that matter with McIntyre and the AG. How, how, could, how could that be resolved except moving the AG or moving McIntyre? And if I were the Prime Minister, heaven forbid, I would have moved the AG as he has done. So the issues people are talking about don't really, in my humble view, it's not really impact on the, on the reshuffle as much as the internal problems which he faced and is facing still in his cabinet. You have no idea, Paul, but I'm sure you, you are aware of the level of infighting taking place in the cabinet. Look at the, the, the infighting over, over the, 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 um, the issue of, of the, the, how you call it again, the issue of, of um, the, the, I don't remember the, uh, the issue, anyhow, look at the fighting the cabinet on several issues, and you'll see what's happening. Then to the cabinet, there's also a class issue. In fighting, also, for example, and what, because you make a statement and you say, I'm, I'm not aware. You, people hear rumors, you hear things all the time, but I have no evidence to support people saying things in the public domain or whispering in ears. What, what are some of the issues that, as you say, the cabinet is in fighting about? You know, the, 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 the issue with regard to the, the, um, the fireworks, and the AG was saying that, uh, that he, he, was, he was daily fireworks and so on, and you had both, both of course, Stuart Young, and Gonzalez disagree with the AG on his fireworks statement and the fireworks bill and so on. Are you aware of that, Paul? I have heard that there were, in the public domain, there were different statements from different ministers, yes. Paul, it came out, it came, it came in, it came out, it became public, Paul. It was a, it was a public squabble, a public spat between, between Alvari on the one hand and Young and Gonzalez on the other. I mean, and it, it, came, it came out... Do you think the quasi public sector work from home thing that never came about after it was delayed by a month was also one of those issues that was contentious in the cabinet. Most definitely, Paul. And I mean, no, 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 on safe ground. Most definitely. We have had two postponements of that issue. Two postponements. And sorry for Shell. And up to this day, the Prime, neither the Prime Minister nor the AG has simply said why they have changed their mind on the public work issue. But we have to accept it. Because, because, because we, we here mustn't ask any questions of any kind. Two postponements, January 17th to February 17th. And then, of course, nothing we heard about it. And we must just simply stand and say nothing because why? We are being led and we have no no recourse to ask any questions. But those yeah. are the issues. And there are others. You will know, and I'm not, I'm not, I'm not telling you what you don't know, Paul. You will know there are issues also, too, over the leadership of the, of the party. And there are people there who have certain blocks, blocks of support, and that is also hampering the good work of the cabinet. So I'm saying. Well, in any so political many... party, I will assume that there is there is always jockeying for the leadership position because that's just the nature of politics. But, um, but as we but as we segue into politics, I wanted to get your overview of the political dynamics at play in Trinidad and Tobago. You have the UNC, you have the PNM, the PDP who of course swept to the power in Tobago are now saying that they're coming to Trinidad 
they have saying that they, they and, and I think they they, and, they, and that they are going to target local government election because they think the dissatisfaction in Tobago is also replicated in Trinidad. And you also have Gary Griffith also saying that he is um, forming a party or is being part of a third party that that is going to be a choice um, away from the UNC and the PNM. What's your thoughts on this whole political dynamic at play? In the first case, I don't think a third party will succeed in this country. I said from my own personal experiences in terms of ILP, a third party may draw away some support, but it wouldn't be enough to effect the kind of political change that the country needs. And therefore, it will, it will seem to me that two things have to happen. One is you have to have a change of leadership in both parties, make the parties more attractive, bring in young people, and in doing so, you may get a whole paradigm shift in the politics, so to speak. Secondly, also, and in fact, if I say secondly, I think also to it is, if somebody from above, because on, on, the, on earth it can be done, so if somebody from above could whisper into Mrs. Bussard Dissessor's air that the time to demit office and leadership of the, of, the, of the UNC is now, then that would help. Because at the end of the day, nothing will happen in this country in terms of political change, political change as long as she's in office. You have why you know, don't? Why don't you whisper in here? I said somebody from above, you know. I, I'm not from above. I'm from below. <laughs> what you see, you from below? <laughs> from Are below. you suggesting you from below? <laughs> I'm from below. He will listen to me, Mister. One of the other implication to that is that you, if somebody, in your words, somebody from above has to whisper in here, is it that you don't think through the election, internal election process that Mrs. Pasabi says is so strong that she'll be re-elected as, as leader of the UNC. It seems that that's what you're implying, that it has to have some supernatural force to remove Mrs. Pasabi says from the leadership of the UNC. Is that what you're saying? I am saying that. That's what I'm saying. I have worked with Mrs. Pasabi Sessa. I was there when there was a change of leadership from Brazil Pandey to her. I was there, and I, I, I know that at the end of the day, no political leader no political leader will be changed easily, 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 as long as they are involved in the political process. Mrs. Passard Bissessa knows that better than anybody else, as Patrick Manning had known when Rowley went against him. So at the end of the day, I'm saying that one from, a person from above, above has to talk to her. She won't anybody else. And right now, in my humble view, the opposition is a political embarrassment. But that apart, that apart, that apart, you asked me something about the PDP just now. I'm saying the PDP must not mistake their success in Tobago and expect that they have a similar success in Trinidad. It can't be replicated. Trinidad is totally different. At the end of the day, the two things in Trinidad here that, that define politics, race and geography. And at the end of the day, you could say what you want. This is can do what she wants. She will still get 17 seats. Dr. Rowley will still get 18 seats, and they start to fight for six. So at the end of the day, PDP must not believe that their success can be replicated in Trinidad. I know there are open offices all over the place. In fact, I'm visiting one this afternoon, and, 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 and I know that they're moving apace. But at the end of the day, I want to warn them, it will not be easy for them to replicate what happened to Pago in Trinidad. And also, shouldn't they be focusing their efforts on making the difference that they promised in Tobago first? Well, they should do that. And, and, and I think that they are beginning to, you, you are beginning to hear some grumbling in Tobago. 
because the promises which they have made are not being fulfilled. And people are beginning to ask now, where are these things that you promised promise us? So you are quite right. You should spend some time with the people. And also, too, I think that one of the things that they are doing, they are beginning to, to display some kind of ostentatious living, which is what the people voted against. And they have to be careful because people, people's memory are not short. People, people's, people's memories are, are, very, are, are very long, and they'll pay a price if they don't deliver. That is all. Gary Griffith thinks that his popularity, because we spoke to him last week, in, in his polls that he's referencing regularly, is going to make a difference in him bringing certain people together for this so-called third force. You've said unequivocally a while ago that you don't think this, the country is ready for a third party. They need to be changing the two incumbents, the PNM and the UNC. Yes, I said so. Do you agree? With, with, so why do you think then that, that people like Guy Griffith, and, they, and we spoke to Vassan Bharat yesterday also, and he also seems to think that a third force is necessary in the country. I don't think it can gain enough. This is my personal opinion. Critical mass to make a big difference. Why, why, why then? What's the future? Because it seems to me that we are so entrenched in the PNM-UNC thing in the country that we may not be mature enough at this time or disaffected enough to make way for a, a new party, a third party, a third option? I, I think we are mature enough, though. I think we are dis- disaffected enough. What I think they, they are looking for is some kind of leader. If I, if I may, may blow my own trumpet, do you recall how I was able to move Basil Pandey? I, I, I went over the country for, for about a year. For one year, I went through the country saying Pandey must go. For one year, Ramesh Lawrence Maraj and Gypsy joined me. And we went throughout the country. And we were able to get, get, to get support far and wide from all kinds of people. What the country needs is a similar kind of movement. To say either Rory must go, or Kamala must go, or both must go. But at the end of the day, these parties, UNC and, PN, and PNM, cannot be dislodged merely on disaffection. Or merely on the fact that... that that, that one person is more popular than the other. That's not how politics has been done. It's not the way. The parties have to be dislodged based on the leadership. And I have to change, sorry, based on the leadership. And Rory has said that he was leaving. And when he said he was leaving, the country breathed a sigh of relief and there was some hope. Now I think he said he's staying and therefore he's back to, he back to square one. He's staying and Kamala is staying. Who says? that these people have some divine right to political leadership. Paul, at the end of the day, Rory has been in Parliament for over 30 years. So too has been, has, has been in both. After 30 years, who, what, who says that these guys have some divine right to be in Parliament? After 30 years, is there time that somebody move on like P.J. Patterson and, and let others take over? Do they thinking my change and so on? It's the time, 30 years in Parliament, 30 years, and you still fighting for office? Oh, my God. No, that, that, that doesn't make sense. It can't be right. The country's suffering. It just cannot be right. What are your thoughts on the, the next few months with the Russia-Ukraine issue? First of all, I think that, let me put, put, put it on a crew I don't support what Russia is doing at all. But having said that, I think that Russia has timed it well. Russia knows that the U.S. has the weakest president ever in Biden. Russia also knows that they have 
at a war chest of $623 billion to spend. And therefore, Russia is, is now doing, uh, you know, has, has no time in a way that they can make incursions into other countries. And if they succeed in Ukraine, they take over other countries as well. They began with the Crimea, now they've gone to Ukraine, and they take it over. And Russia has to be stopped. I tell you this, Paul, if, if, if Ronald Reagan was the president of the U.S., Russia would never have done what they did. Never. But why do you say Biden Reagan, is the weakest president ever? Biden is not only weak, Biden does not even remember. He does not know his left hand from his right hand. He's, he's of course, he's standing, he, he, he has inherited a country that is the most divided at the moment. No other president has ever presided over a divided U.S. as he has done now. And because of that, he, he doesn't have the support. As, as simple as that. He doesn't have, there is no unity in the U.S. now. And, and in fact, I think calling them the United States is a misnomer because they're not united. They're just not united. And Biden is suffering from that, from those divisions. Well, it doesn't seem like Mr. Like Putin is, is even remotely bothered by the sanctions and, and going to stop his no, he's, incursion no, he's not. into Ukraine. It seems like he's, he's made up his mind. He's, he's strategically thought about this down the road, what their options are past sending troops for war. And he, I think he senses the absolute reluctance to go to war. And that may be what he's banking on. Are you, do you agree with that? I agree that fully. And the, the reluctance is not only a U.S. reluctance, it's a NATO reluctance. It's a European reluctance. They're all afraid to go to war because the next war would not be like the first two we had for this for the last century. The next war, if there's one at all, would be total elimination, right? It would be a nuclear war. And therefore, all of them are afraid. But Putin doesn't care because at this, at this point in time, he has gauged them quite well. As I said before, he has all the options. He has his oil. He has his, his, food, um, his food security. He has his his um, foreign reserve, and therefore he's ready. Let's talk football. Angasiv, how do you think he's doing? <laughs> you, you want me to be honest? Yeah. I'm, I'm sorry for Angasiv. Angasiv has inherited a football team that knows little, if anything, about football. What, they, what the team does know is how much, how much money they, they Quote unquote, they will pay me. The team does not have the national commitment as just of the past. The team does not have the, the, the same level of football knowledge as the players of the past. They don't have the commitment. And the, worst of all, worst of all, they don't have the national support. So, how can he succeed in a situation like that? In fact, I don't think anybody in the country can call the names of five national footballers as in the past. They can't call five. In the past, you could have called York and, 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 and Draveka and all these guys and so on. You, if anybody in your studio today could call five of them, I will give them a lot of tickets. They can't. And therefore, who, in the first case, will pay to go and see if team play? They play against Guyana and against Barbados. Who will go and see them play? The Premier League, which was supposed to be the topmost league in the country, is now a laughing, a laughing stock. Laughing matter, and the national you know what they call them again? The people who run the football. I can't remember the Hadad. I call it the Hadad Committee. Does not have a clue. normalization committee. Right. Thank you very much. Doesn't have a clue about the development. 
to develop football, you have to begin from the ground. You have to begin from the young people. Your youth program has to be a, a very tight and tough youth program. You have to go all over the country, the highways and byways, and look for young players and build. There is no instant six to football. You have instant coffee, I said. You have instant Nescafe and so on. You have instant chocolate. You do have instant football. You have to develop and ease the situation where those things are absent. So, Paul I know him well, nice guy. He served his country well, but the country will now forget what he has done in the past and they'll call it against him for what is happening at present. Going back to the political scenario, I know you have given us very, very frankly your opinions and Dr. Rowley and Mrs. Pasabi Sessa. What worries you most about the country apart from that in terms of the real issues facing the country? Two things will worry me. One is that the economy is in shambles. And two, but unemployment is rising by leaps and bounds. Look, let me give you an example. Paul, I, I know of, a comp- of companies that the Ministry of Finance owes them their VAT return, owes them three and $400,000, and hasn't paid them their money for the last seven years. I know of young, small companies, small companies that work for state enterprises and have not been paid for seven years. And they are afraid to go to court because they go to court, first of all, they have to spend money for lawyers. And secondly, they may be blacklisted as a result. I know of, 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 of people who, who have lost their, 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 their businesses, their property, their, their equipment and so on because they have not been paid. And we go along a merry way. We're building this, we're building that. But we're not taking care of people. At this point in time, we spend $1.2 billion on an airport in Tobago. At, a, at, at this point in time, and people here are literally starving. I, and I mean, I hate to, to, to mention it, but just give me two seconds. There'll be more suicides in this country in the next couple of months than you could ever imagine. And Paul, mark my words, I'm not a prophet of doom and gloom, and gloom but people shall, shall use suicides as a way out because they have no choice. Things are bad. Things are bad. Unemployment and the economy are the two major issues that worry me daily in this country. Why would, Go ahead, Richard. Yeah, why would, you, why would you propagate that people would commit suicide because they have no choice on a national radio interview? I, I, that's very easy. And I don't, I say again, don't, I don't want to, 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 to um, I don't want to be insensitive. But when I look at a, a couple yesterday committing suicide in front of a nine-year-old child, I, 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 I became like the other thing. I wept. I wept. How can we imagine a couple hanging them, committing suicide before a nine-year-old child? And I'm saying that, that triggered something in me that this would be the beginning of a lot of suicides in the next months. And mark my word, I hope, I hope I'm wrong. I hope to God I hope I'm you're wrong. wrong too. I hope to God I'm wrong. But this is, this is my impression after I saw what happened yesterday, before yesterday. I mean, I mean, I mean at the end of the, of the day, I didn't come on your program here to, to, to try to, to, to frighten people but was a prophet of doom and gloom. But I can't, I have to be candid and speak about things, and I see them. And look, 
I have looked at 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 um, Rambert and his ministry and his departure from office, and I asked myself, didn't he, did he try to make a change in agriculture? Look at that! Look, look at that! Look at our agriculture today. Look at our food security. Look and see where we are. Look and see what plans what plans we have in, in train for when the food crisis hits us in a, in months to come following this Ukraine Russian war. Look and see well, the prime minister did did put Kazim Hussein as the minister of agriculture. Do you think that's a good choice? Kazim Hussein is a very very nice fellow. He's in fact I think one of the more human ministries, but I don't think he, it is easy for him to succeed in that ministry he has inherited. I wish him luck. I honestly wish him luck. He's one of the best um, um, persons I know as a person. Very kind and so on, down to earth. Has no heirs of any kind like the other ministers and so on. But that those things don't bring success to a ministry. And what I would say, I pray to God that he succeeds for his sake, mm. but more for the country's sake. Well, you've painted a, you know, you've painted a, a picture as you see Trinidad and Tobago today in terms of the various topics that we have discussed. Are there any optimistic points or any optimistic um, views whatsoever of anything in Trinidad and Tobago today on your part? I, I, I believe it, believe it, believe it, believe it, say to me. Yeah, I ask myself the same question almost every day. Almost every day, and I have difficulty in coming to, to myself answers. Every day I ask myself, what are the things we can look forward to? Every morning I wake up to, to, sit, to ask myself, what's new on the horizon that to help us? And I must confess to you, my friend, I, I, I'm at a loss. I just simply cannot find. Thank, I look at the scholarships, for example, of young people uh, and, 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 and different schools they come from, and I ask myself, when they get those scholarships, five years from now, where will they be working? Where will they be employed? Who will employ them? I'm happy for them. I, I, I'm sorry for St. Darius, for example. But those people who got scholarships and so I was glad. I, and, and to me, that made my day when they thought it was announced. But with the same joy I had, I had a corresponding sadness. Because I know in five years' time, those people will not be able to find jobs in the country of, of the world. But you're right, Mr. Warner, because I can give you a personal example. I have a goddaughter who's on scholarship in Canada now, and she's now going into her final year of her undergraduate degree, very, very bright. And she has to come back, of course, to save the country for, I think it's 18 months or two years. Two years. And given the job losses we've seen, the pending job losses at TSTT that we're hearing about, and restructuring of other agencies and the private sector being quite risk-averse, she is actually wondering what she's coming back to do or what, she, what job she's coming back to do. And she's very worried about her future, although she invested significantly in study. And I know this is the case for hundreds of students who are on that scholarship and who are just pursuing through correct. their own parents' purse their, their education. That is correct. And there are no plans on the horizon, Paul. Paul, there are no plans on the, on the horizon for, for these people when they return. Bright young people where will they go? What will they do? And those things are worrying. And nobody in the government today or the one yesterday seemed to be very concerned about those things. Nobody. Traffic jam hitting the... You're you like crazy on the Eastern Main Road. Bumper to bumper. And, and yet for all, you buy seven, 10,000 cars a year. Eh? Where these cars are going? Where they're traveling to? Nobody is thinking... Five years from now, ten years from now—that's my worry. 
And as I talk to you here, I have a sense of grief because this wasn't going to be that way. Well, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. You might come in. I, I understand your frustration because I, I share a lot of the same concerns about yeah. the country's future. Yeah. Uh, Richard always says hope is really lacking in the country right now. He says it all the time and it's an important factor for any country to feel hope. Paul, people don't smile anymore. They don't smile anymore, right? There's no laughter in the, laughter in the land. We were, we, we, we were known as people, right, of, of fun, right? We don't, there's no fun in the country anymore. And all you can wake up, each day you wake up and say, I wonder what new you have today, boy. I wonder what, what of course, Bacchanal, what issue, what problem? Uh, let me ask you a strange question. Let me ask yes. you a strange question. What's the difference between Barbados and Trinidad and Tobago right now? Because Mrs. Prime Minister Mungi is getting a lot of easy. positive attention. The answer is easy. The answer is easy. The difference between Barbados and Trinidad and Tobago is Mia Motley and Keith Rowling. Mia Motley is the greatest visionary at this point in time this region has, has seen. And Mia Motley not only talks with the people, she solicits their views, their ideas, and so on. She looks down the road. She talks to the banks. I mean, she talks to the banks in ways that are brutal. You ever hear anybody talk to any bank in Trinidad here? The bank that digs up people's eyes daily? Anybody ever talk about any, any bank here? No, they use the bank for their own good, to build apartments and complexes and, and, complexes and so on. But here, look at me. I'm mostly telling the banks in my business, get your act together or else. Not in Trinidad. Nobody cares. Mia Motley is the difference, and if she could only imbue other prime ministers with her, with her enthusiasm and her knowledge and her guidance and so on, this would be a better region for all of us. Eight o'clock. Thank you, Mr. Well, that's, that's a good note to end on, I guess. Yeah. <laughs> you know, at least, uh... Well, the juxtaposition is clear. I mean, because she certainly has a global profile now, oh and my a positive God, global profile at that. Oh, my God, she has. I mean... Big big men for, like Modi and Biden and, and 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 these guys listen to her in ways unimaginable. I don't know who else in the region they listen to, but they all respect me and very highly. So thank you, right, Mr. Warner. Nice always a pleasure you. talking to you. Okay, it is no indeed. Problem. Are you okay though? You're good. Yeah, I'm good. I'm good. I'm good. I'm very good. Very very. Enjoying good. retirement. I do what's, ever what's, what's your day like these days? Going fishing well, and I, stuff? I, I, I get up, I run my, my newspaper sunshine today. I go to the, my um, different businesses. I then play some all food in the evening. I drink some grog and I go tonight and I um, think about the day, the, um, the following day, and sometimes I, I want to cry. But that's what, what it is. I what's your grog of choice? So you walk up black whiskey and water. <laughs> and, Thank you, Mr. Warren. And, Have and, a great day. And sometimes Tito's vodka. Stay safe out there, okay? okay. All the best to you, Jack Warner. Thank you, man. Thank you, guys. All right. Have a great day. Thank you so much. Recording stopped. That was the inimitable mm-hmm. Austin Jack Warner. It is. But not tonight. Thank you for choosing Power 102 Digital. Listen every weekday for our live show starting at 6 a.m. Remember, like, share, and subscribe. Power 102 Digital.